0: Welcome to I Am My Passion Project, a companion of my digital magazine, Badass Silver Streak. I'm Lorna Nickel. I'm an artist, writer, graphic designer, thinker, a renaissance woman, if you will. This podcast is a way for me to give a voice to women over 50, like myself, a platform to discuss sexism, health and wellness, redefining beauty, and healing from betrayal trauma. Without further ado, let's dig in together and figure out ways to resist societal expectations while reimagining a world where mature women are made visible and empowered to become their own passion projects. Let's do this. I'm so happy to introduce my first guest on I Am My Passion Project, 51-year-old artist and photographer Bonnie Cat Sailors, another Pacific Northwest girl like myself. She is inspired by nature and traveling to places you have to see to believe, where she captures them in stunning photos. While she's a talented artist, she's actually been in the business of fitness training for 25 years. She recently sold her personal training business and is retiring from helping others on their fitness journeys. She is an amazingly strong woman who believes her greatest accomplishment to date is surviving and thriving after having breast cancer three times. Now with a clean bill of health, she is ready to live life to the fullest and embrace her true passions as an artist, photographer, and traveler. Thank you for joining me on my podcast, Bonnie.
1: Thank you, Lorna. This is so awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it so much. I reached out
0: to you when I hadn't seen you for several years, like like over 20 years, probably, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Since college. Beautiful. <laughs> So we
0: went to art school together at Cornish College of the Arts in the art department. And I just want to talk a little bit or have you share a little bit about that experience for you and maybe how you transitioned from being an artist to your fitness journey.
1: Well, you know, what? growing up, I grew up in a family full of readers and math people. And I was so not like that. And so I grew up kind of thinking, you know, I like to paint, I like to draw, I like to be artistic. I'm just not cut out for regular school, basically. And uh, this is what I have to do because this is what I know. And I had support going to art school and I absolutely loved it. It was a five year program, the last year being the studio year. And it was an amazing experience for me. I learned so much, you know. Just being there. I really wanted to figure out how to paint, figure out how to draw, make cool stuff.
0: So who inspired you? You know, it sounded like you had some support, even though your family had maybe other ambitions for themselves.
1: Yeah. I grew up, my mom is uh collects art. So she had George O'Keeffe books around and art books around, and she had very unique paintings on the wall, and she didn't paint herself, but she was an art collector. I looked at the Giorgio O'Keeffe book like on a regular basis. I just loved it. So she was my first, you know, kind of influence. After that, you know, there was a real traditional people out there, um, you know, that you would see at the museum, or I was interested in Salvador Dali. His That was fascinating, kind of the surreal part of, you know, art. And then a lot of it, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand a lot of the, you know, kind of conceptual stuff. So,
0: yeah, conceptual stuff wasn't really something that they focused on necessarily. I felt like at Cornish when we were there, too, it's it seemed like the program was geared more to traditional learning your medium and Looking at the classical arts and trying to do the figure drawing and stuff.
1: Yeah, I liked that. I felt like there was some conceptual stuff and people in my class doing that. Um, And but yeah, everyone was doing something a little bit different. It was just really I thought it was just an amazing experience on my fifth year we had to do a show. It's the studio year. You work all year. And then the, at the end, you do a big show. And there was so much pressure. I won the Merit Award in my fourth year to, to go to my fifth year. So there was all this pressure on me to to do well. And I honestly didn't know how to handle that. Like one thing that was missing, I felt like, was the artistic process. Oh. Like what artists go through in their studio And all the things they say, well, all the stuff I was saying to myself and like, how was, you know, I was not being as productive and I wasn't, I was really hard on myself in my last year. So, and trying to like live up to whatever I won in the fourth year and trying to, you know, replicate in the fifth year. And it was a lot of pressure. And honestly, I got burned out after my fifth year. I was hoping to never see a paintbrush ever again and walk away for a while. I started riding my bike and uh, I started riding my bike to the studio. I started riding my bike around town. And so the first thing I did was get a bike messenger job, not an art job. No thought, no creativity whatsoever. It was all (laughs) physical. (laughs) This is what you do. Go here, do this. That was quite, that was a relief for me at the time. And uh-huh. uh, I really appreciated that. It's definitely different.
0: I think that's something that people don't understand about the artists about, well, just being a painter or any kind of like painting, drawing, traditional mediums like that, it requires a lot of standing in one place usually. And you don't usually do a lot of body work and you kind of like because you're so focused on your brain and your thoughts and and the visual and trying to make things look a certain way i remember for myself like i would kind of forget about my body and physical stuff i mean maybe i would just because i couldn't afford to have a car or anything i'd be you know cycling to school and back to my apartment and stuff like that and to work but aside from that i mean it's really people talk about how sitting in front of the computer is taxing doing art and putting yourself in a position where you are holding your, you know, your pen or your brush a certain way for extended periods of time and just focused on just that visual and your, maybe your hand is moving, but that's it is, is really challenging. So I can see how it might've been refreshing to actually use more of your body.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was. it was was, That was the word. It was refreshing. And then I was riding my bike and, you know, where was I going after that? I was going to apply to grad school. They told us if you do this fifth studio year, you could get into any grad school. Like that was, you had a leg up and all this stuff. Anyways, I applied to one school. I did not get in. (laughs) I didn't apply anywhere else because I really didn't want to move. I was living in Seattle and I didn't want to move away from my friends and family. I didn't want to go to the u or anything. I don't know if they had masters in art, but I met a, a woman who was a personal trainer and I decided, uh, I said, wow, that's really, that's cool. You know, that sounds really cool. And you're helping people and you're fit and active and that just sounds amazing. So I enrolled, instead of going to grad school, I enrolled in a tech college and I got a one-year tech degree in health and fitness technology. They kind of prepare you to do a certification and you can be a trainer. So that's what I did. And that was great. I wound up uh, getting a job right away. It was kind of an internship at the University of Washington Diabetes Prevention Program. I was a personal trainer on the program there. I got introduced immediately to the clinical side of fitness and how diet and exercise can help prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes and it kind of you kind of know that now but it's to actually prove it right yeah after about three years I did that and then the study was ending and changing and my friend happened to call me my friend from my school that I was in fitness you know studying health and fitness called me said hey Bonnie you come work for me I'm managing a gym work for me you have to have your own business and I said oh I don't I don't know how to do that you know <laughs> and he says well uh, I'll help you I used to be a <laughs> contractor so he set me up he helped me helped me get some clients and I was like really the only trainer out of the gym and it was super awesome so I did that for another <laughs> several years and then the same person when opened up his own gym or personal training studio and I kind of followed him along you know and I wound up opening my own personal training studio after a while and that was the one I just sold so that was uh about 16 years ago one-on-one personal training studio and I always knew so I always knew one day I would get back to my art I always knew that I just wanted to do this fitness thing first. I just because I'm young and I was like excited, and I was meeting all these you know <laughs> hot dudes on bikes and climbing mountains. Like I just wanted to be in that world for a while, and and, then, and, and I did. I met my husband in my at my studio.
0: It's just amazing how life gives you these detours. Well, sometimes they're handed to you and sometimes you create them. And this is a situation where you said, I'm going to go to college for this now. I did the art thing. That was great at the time. Now I'm going to transition, pivot, go over here and focus on learning this new skill. And then you did that until you were ready to move on. Yeah.
1: And it's, yeah. And there's these infinite periods where you're like, okay, I'm done with that now. And I want to do something else. And I do follow that. I f- I, f- I listen to that. I follow that. I kind of try and go where the energy is uh, of what I'm, and it could be unexplainable. Yeah. Like, why do I want to do that so much? Like,
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's so great. I feel like, you know, traditionally people have thought that you finish high school, you pick a college, you go to the college, and then you come out doing whatever it is you went to school for. Whether you know, oh, I went there for science, and I'm going to be a scientist, or you know, technology, I'm going to do this. And you know, some people do that, but life just throws curveballs, and uh, and you do have to follow the energy. Different careers are good for you in different times of your life when you're growing. What I've seen is people are just like flexible. You have to kind of like bend like a reed in the wind (laughs) and listen to your heart and your soul. Honestly, like I don't really even know that many people that came out of college doing the same thing that they went there for. I mean, I know that that was like the traditional way of doing things. But nowadays, I feel like, you know, I didn't do that. Uh, My husband didn't do that. He went to school at Cornish too for fine art. And he came out after several years being a technical director. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, no matter what you go to school for, you always, it's like a foundation for you to learn so many skills, I think.
1: So then I ran my business for 16 years and then I had employees. I, again, like I said, I met my husband. He was my second employee. He was... Awesome and instrumental in helping me run my business. And to this day, I recently sold it a couple of months ago and I'm back. I'm going back to my art. One thing I wanted to do when I was was running my business was create a business where I didn't have to be part of it, where I could just be the owner and it could just run without me. And I did that because I, I kind of was at a seminar And this guy was talking about that, about doing something like that with his business. And because he wound up having a health crisis and, you know, needed money, but he was so glad he had this business that could help pay for things when he wasn't available. So I was like, wow, I, that's a great idea. You know, like, "Hmm, man, I'll try and do that with this, my business. And so I did that. I wasn't a trainer in my business, only sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. And. I just ran the business and the last few years, of course, I ran it from home, but it really came in handy when I had my own health scares. I am um, a three-time cancer survivor. I had cancer three different times and I was so grateful to have my business during that time so I could you know, pay my hospital bills and really not feel stressed about money while I was going through it. What did that look
0: like in your life when you learned the first time that you had breast cancer and you were working in your job in fitness and?
1: Uh, The first time I got diagnosed, I was thirty-seven. I was at the top of my game. I was just starting to date my husband six months, and and then you know six months into our relationship, I uh, get diagnosed with cancer. That was a big you know pivot of like, okay, are we gonna be together like this is a real deal, you know is this are you the one for me like we really doing this and and he's he stuck around, but it was you know quite a you know, I had a client who was going through it at the same time, and she was just real loud about it, and you know told me about every appointment and told me about all this stuff and the chemo and and it really. I so appreciate her because it got me to look at my body and look at what was going. I had a little divot that I was odd. And I thought, oh, and then I looked, checked, and there was a lump there. And I decided that, oh, I better get this checked out. And I probably wouldn't have if she had not been talking about it this whole time. Turns out I had it, too. And I was 37. Healthy. People couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it.
0: I think that, you know, there's a lot of stigma around any kind of cancer in general where people think that, oh, if you get cancer, you must be doing something wrong with your health. You you know, oh, it's because you aren't eating healthy or you're in an environment, you know, you're stuck in an environment where you're not doing healthy things or you're smoking and stuff like that. And that's just simply not the case, that's right?
1: right? I mean, I did think, wow, it could have been trauma. It could have been stress. You know, I'm running a business. That's I went through a lot of stuff in my 20s and just, you know, it could have been that. But I have to say, nine years later, I got it a second time, and I was having the time of my life. So it, it was a different cancer. It was not the same. So that theory, for me, went out the window. <laughs> I mean, yes, you need to take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself uh, as much as you can. But there, this particular cancer is genetic and it's hormonal. So... It's not about what, you know, and I was a vegetarian for 15 years. And, you know, I did the thing. Right. So,
0: yeah, you were a person that took care of yourself. Yeah. You, you're like eating right. You're exercising. You're, you know, trying to relax. You're traveling, doing stuff like that. And cancer is that it just happens.
1: happened, it just to, happened you. to me. And I, I still don't know why. I, I mean, I the theory is I have a gene that is replicating or replicated. And it's genetic for me. They, I took all the gene tests and I don't have any of them that they know about, but I probably have ones that they haven't discovered yet. So that's what I believe. I think that's true for me. Had I known that sooner, I probably would have had a mastectomy sooner the first time around. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't apparent that hindsight, you know, so.
0: And so you ended up getting a mastectomy after the third discovery. Finally,
1: (laughs) I think we're like, why don't you do this sooner? But really, the first time I'm like, this is a total fluke. You know, what the heck? And I'm just going to do it, lumpectomy, radiation and move on and forget. I forget my doctor's names. I forgot everything. I just moved on. Nine years later, I get it again. They're like, this is super rare, you know, to get it twice, same person like this. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's just weird. Um, But it was on the other side, and I knew what I'd be in for with a lumpectomy and radiation. So I said, okay, I'll do that treatment again on the other side. And my doctor supported me. And again, had we known that I was going to get it again, I would have had the mastectomy sooner. But Right. You know, two years went by and after the second one and I got diagnosed a third time. And of course, obviously I knew these things are gone. (laughs) They're gone. And um, I clearly had some genetic thing going on. And, you know, lucky for me, I was stage one all three times. I had a double mastectomy. I had I didn't have reconstruction because I had a lot of uh, just just reading about it and researching and things like that. It was just not beneficial for me. Um, after the second time, I had lymphedema in my arms. So that is a problem for surgery and things like that. Finally, I, yeah, I got the mastectomy. I got the aesthetic flat closure, which is, I come to find out is a little controversial. Like, Women not having breasts is, you know, sometimes doctors won't allow that. They think you're gonna change your mind later.
0: Oh. Is it controversial just in like the medical field or is it controversial with other women or men? Or what are your experiences with knowing other people who have had mastectomies?
1: Yeah, I think it be I think it depends who you talk to, but I know in the medical like surgeons in different parts of the country, like kind of think they know what you might want mm. or what you should have, or maybe you're not thinking clearly right now. And, but here in the Northwest, that, that definitely wasn't an issue. And my surgeon is a total pro at it. So, but it's a certain kind of surgery. Sometimes they bring cosmetic surgeons in to do it, but it's basically makes you look like a 10 year old self again, you know, like nothing, nothing. Uh-huh. And it's flat. It's very liberating. I'm on, you know, there's Facebook groups out there. Those people are the happiest people. They are so liberated. They are so happy. And then I'm also on some of the reconstruction ones. Those people have infections and one infection after another. And then they have to fix this and they have to fix that. And this doesn't look right. And that doesn't look right. And I'm not happy with the result. To me, what this is such a personal decision too. Let's say I've been in my 20s or 30s. I probably would have done the reconstruct. Yeah. But I'm in my 50s and I'm happy with what I did.
0: Did you have any kind of a like a mourning that you went through with that loss Because there's so much pressure in our society. I mean, you got it through hearing from the doctors. Are you sure you don't want to have reconstructive surgery? And like breasts are so important for being a woman. And what were your thoughts that were around that? Was it difficult? Was it painful? Or was it just liberating?
1: For me, it was a super easy decision. From what I went through, I was so done with them that... It was time to go. That makes sense. (laughs) And so at that point, it was just liberating. I mean, I obviously, I had conversations with my husband. How does he feel about it? Yeah. I wanted him involved in the decision as well. You know, I wanted to understand what his thoughts were, too. You know, obviously, it's my decision. But yeah, I was aware that it affects him, too. It affects everybody. You know, when I'm out in public, it's where the fake one, you know, the fake inserts nobody nobody even notices nobody cares nobody nobody cares (laughs) and only I care (laughs) or it seems like that to me like when I first got them I I was like see look you know this is like then people are like oh no I don't I don't want to you don't you don't have to go there so she's showing me her breasts (laughs)
0: right now her her inserts and they're very perky (laughs) (laughs) they're my good. they look good You wouldn't even notice. They look totally normal. They look normal. normal. But your husband was accepting. It sounds like, I mean, in the conversation I had with you the other day.
1: Yeah. He's there's two, two thoughts. He's like, I just want you here. You know, I just want you to be happy and healthy. And I want you to be here. And that is his thought. But then on the other hand, yeah, yeah, he, he kind of misses them, you know? But he knows my situation and reconstruction. And I mean, he went through all that with me weighing the pros and cons and both came to the same conclusion. Like, yeah, it's not not right for me. Well, good for you
0: guys for communicating about this. Anytime a health issue happens with one person in a coupleship, it obviously affects both people. And so it's good if you can find the time and the space and the compassion for each other to talk through tough stuff and the health things. And especially as you get older, there's just going to be probably more health stuff that comes up too. So having that um, openness and in the relationship where you can communicate about stuff like that and continue to like build that safety with each other is important. So, what are the mental tools that you use to fortify yourself when life gives you not just lemons but multi old burritos from the back of someone's fridge? Are you spiritual? Meditations, things that you say to yourself to try to feel empowered?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I I am spiritual. I definitely believe. You know, and this is not always easy, but I definitely believe that the universe has my back. And so what appears to be moldy, you know. A burrito, old burrito from the back of your fridge. Back of the fridge actually is a disguise of, of, you know, the freshest, yummiest meal. I've been through enough things that, where I thought it was just going to be horrible and terrible. And it turned out to be the best thing ever. Like with the sale of my business, I had actually sold my business back right before COVID. Sale fell through. I was like just devastated, heartbroken, confused, didn't understand. I did everything right. Why is this happening? And then it turned out for the best because, you know, I had to run my business Through COVID, two and a half years after that, I sold it to someone different. I got more money. I made more money during the pandemic. I mean, just everything just all lined up later. But in the beginning, I thought, oh, my gosh, what is going on? Same thing with the cancer. Like, on my second time I had cancer, I always had, after I was done, I I always had a very uneasy feeling about having it come back or... Um, I don't know I just had an uneasy feeling about it and then I got it a third time and so when you remove the breasts, it's most likely not going to come back ever Um, so that to me Mm -hmm. removed that feeling but I had to have cancer a third time to actually remove them to actually feel better now so I just think these bad things happen but So many good things come out of it, which is, but if you have to wait and believe.
0: Oh, and do the work too. You know, you did a lot of work to get yourself to the place that you are right now. I feel like, you know, dealing with probably a lot of trauma from the cancer and all three times having to go through that. And I I think it's interesting. A friend of mine that actually I knew back when we were in college decided when she was 50 to go back to school. She had been uh, a phlebotomist and she decided to go back to school when she turned 50 for art. She's like, I'm, that's great. I've done this. It was a good way to support myself. Now I'm 50. And she's like, So I just said to myself, when I'm 50, it's kind of like this year where there's a fork in the road. You turn 50 and you can decide if you are going to continue doing what you have been doing. That's maybe stable. You're, you know, in this particular marriage, you've done things a certain way in the marriage. You've done things with your career. You could continue doing that until you retire or die, <laughs> whatever. Or you can make this choice to kind of like reflect back on what your life has been like. And shake it up, like shake it the fuck up, and be like, okay, yeah, that worked for me up until now, but now I'm looking down at I don't know what the remaining years are going to be like. I mean, of course, nobody ever knows how many years they have left, but she's like, fifty is just that pivotal year where if you make it to that, then you get this choice. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And it's just so interesting to be talking with you where you are at the pivotal time of your life. You know, it's so true. And you were like, yes, I could continue to do the fitness stuff. This cancer happened to me. And I'm choosing to drop that that whole life that I was doing for the past 20 something years. And now I'm going to like go back to this creative space that i had to abandon years ago because of the pressure and now you're just doing it for you you're like i love to paint i love to do photography i love to travel i'm going to go do these amazing things for myself right mm-hmm. i just love oh, that yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and yes it took a lot of work to get here uh but i always like i said i knew it was going to come back around I didn't know it was going to be this kind of journey, but um, I'm just so glad to be here. I'm painting every day, we're traveling, taking photos, and I'm a, just a much more mature person, although I think of art school often, yeah. you know, because that's picking up where I left off. But I'm much more mature, I understand business a lot better, I understand my mind so much better. I mean, all of that, I mean, I call it like head trash that you have <laughs> talking to yourself in the studio and that looks like crap and is this mm. even worth doing and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I know how to manage that. Yeah,
0: now. the judgment, I, the self-judgment.
1: I, yeah, I didn't know how to do that before, but now I know how to yeah. do it. And it's free, that's free, very freeing. And having had cancer all these times, I don't know how much time I have left. I mean, we yeah, never know. Don't know. And it's well, no, nobody knows yeah. how much time left, and so the someday is now. It's it's right. <laughs>
0: the, the someday is now. So make it happen. The things that you want to do in your life now
1: is the time. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you work it. I'm very happy. It's you know, but I know life goes on. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, yep. tomorrow. But I am uh, in a good place, and I feel. Fortunate
0: that I'm here. I mean, obviously, from just your talk with me today, I can tell what your badass qualities are. But what (laughs) do you think that people would say about you? What do you think people believe makes you a badass? Do you feel like a
1: badass? You know, I mean, I feel like I've been through some stuff, and I've learned how to do it better. And I guess. My friends and family have watched me go through all this stuff and sometimes in amazement and they are like, wow, you're strong. And you know, but when you get handed things like this, you really don't have a choice. You just do it. Right. And that's what builds your strength. I mean, I ran my business through COVID, but I also ran my business through the 2008 recession. So that helped me. I didn't have a fear running through COVID. Yeah. I'd already built that muscle way back then. Having these hard experiences, I know it's so cliche, but that's what makes you stronger. And then you have less fear because you're like, oh, yeah, I've done that. I, I can do that. I know I could do that. Um, I know I've been through this. I mean, hopefully you don't get more hard things, but... You want to break from the hard things sometimes. Yes, (laughs) definitely.
0: To catch your breath.
1: (laughs) And so I, yeah, so I
0: feel like that now. So do you feel like you are your own passion project
1: now? That is such a great question. I hadn't really looked at it like that before. (laughs) I didn't. I thought a passion project, like, oh, I'm going to photograph cancer survivors. or You know what I mean? Like, that was my passion project, but... I kind of like thinking of it that way because it detaches a little bit. Like, what would you do if your life was a project? Yeah, um, your life
0: is a project. Yeah. And you get to decide. I think that people think that passion projects have to be external is the thing. Like, you know, you're, oh, and you are yeah. go back to like your value has to do with what you're doing, what you're making happen and stuff like that. But if you turn it inside out and be like, well, I am my passion project. I mean, it could just be like health, like my passion. I am my passion project. And my goal right now is to be healthy, is to be a healthy person, you know, or like, yeah, to be healthy and I'm going to make art and, you know, but it's the turning the focus back on yourself. I think giving yourself permission to live your authentic self.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I actually struggle with that a little bit as, you know, a human being, like who helped people for the last 25 years. It's a little like I want to turn it back to me, but I I tend to feel like, oh, I should do something bigger, greater, more for the world. But but what I've learned is that I actually have to help myself. It's like the airplane thing. You have to help yourself before you can help anybody else. And I have to rest, repair, recover. My art is helping me with yep. recovery and with health. My health its just calming me down and putting me in a different state of mind and a different pace mm-hmm. of life. I mean, I was go, 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 email, 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 phone call, right. you know, all the things. And now it's just like slow, mat- <laughs> painting. Yeah, it is slow. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it it can be fast for some people, but yeah, it's usually pretty slow. It's like the slow food.
1: <laughs> so helping myself first before I can go back out and help other people. But yeah, I love that frame of reference to think of it that way.
0: What would you tell your young self? If you could reach back in time, what would you tell your young self? Maybe back in college.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. I used to worry about everything. And so just stop worrying so much. I think I would say that to myself and just enjoy my life back then more, you know, instead of worried about this or worried about that. What's going to happen here?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely remember that time what's going to happen i need to like be doing all of the things to be on the right path for success and all the pressures that surrounded that those ideas instead of just like living in the moment and appreciating where you are just being like happy for what you have i think that's why they say what is it youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> this
1: yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> totally...
0: is like an old Please. phrase, but yeah, it's, when you think of it that way, it, it's just <laughs> funny. You know, I just remember being super miserable too, in so many different ways, like, oh, school is so hard. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, the class is so hard and my friends and blah blah blah. And now I look back and I go, oh my God, I had like such great health back then and tons of energy. And like I wish that I could just have myself now go back and say, girl, like look what you have. Look at all of the amazing things that are happening for you and just feel your power. Don't listen to all of the naysayers and all of the people who have, you know, yeah, just like negative things to say or feel like they can stop you from being the amazing person that you, you know, have inside you. And I feel like so many people would benefit from being able to do that. I wish there was a time machine. (laughs) Send us all back so we could just poke at our younger selves and be like, no, you got this. You're going to be fine. Just like focus on this.
1: (laughs) Right. It's that you're going to be, you're going to be fine.
0: It's all going to work out. You're going to be fine. Yeah. (laughs) So why don't you share with the audience and myself what is going on? What projects you're working on right now? Do you have any shows lined up or is that even something that's on your radar?
1: It is on my radar. I don't have anything lined up. I'm kind of working on my website. I'm making my portfolio. I'm really just painting every day. I am, you know, trying new things, trying new color palettes, trying to kind of find my direction with my paintings and it's been amazing with no pressure you know <laughs> there's there's no doubt show deadline there's no this deadline there's nothing it's just paint do whatever you want paint whatever painting you want for
0: the sake of painting the pure enjoyment
1: um, yep it's a little bit of a sabbatical um right now I think eventually I will get myself out there and I'm, again, with my website and I'm trying to do a show or submit somewhere, you know, I'd love to do like a national park residency. Oh, yeah. On my, but I, I could
0: totally see you doing that because what you paint are these beautiful Georgia O'Keeffe inspired landscapes that are just so stunning.
1: Yeah, so... That's that's part of the plan.
0: Well, I yeah. wish you all of the best with all of your endeavors and I wish you health and happiness. And I just want to thank you so much for being my first guest on uh, my new podcast. And it really was like an absolute pleasure. And I can't wait to see any shows that you have coming up and artworks that you have. And if you have a website for your artwork.
1: Yeah, it's my name, BonnieCatSailors.com and i'm also on instagram at bonnie.cats.sealers oh so. great yeah. great so now everyone knows
0: where to see your lovely artwork thanks again bonnie and i you know you are awesome
1: so are you <laughs> <laughs> it. Right
0: thank you for listening to this episode of i am my passion project New episodes drop every Friday. If you enjoyed this content, please consider sharing with a friend or two or more, or leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I hope you're able to move through your week speaking your own truth and embracing your badass self. I am my passion project.